Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Keith Spears, a.k.a. Hi, Keith. What up, winners? Yeah, Keith, you know, right now, so I got volleyball practice here in about an hour, two hours, but I'm wearing some swag for the team that I coach. But yeah, it's uh, it's called Big Bob's, Big Bob's Club. And uh, dude, it's a big-ass club. There's like probably 15, 10 volleyball teams, like competitive really good club today it is about someone that i'm really excited about um the cool thing about this winners is i think we've been talking to you guys about our journey over the last year or so where you know the business that we built over the years a lot of it's been done through affiliate marketing um now we're not talking about like network marketing where you have a downline and you're selling your mama and your mama's mama you know insurance policies and getting a downline it's how can you strategically align yourself with other professionals like Kita and I are in the financial services space, right? Retirement accounts. Okay, how can we align with people that own a CPA firm, a business funding company, a real estate seminar company? And they give us leads and we work out a deal, right? So like that's how we built the business over the years. But con in that, and this is where hopefully winners, we can help you guys with some of your business, business issues, problems, because we go through them every day. How can you not be reliant on affiliates, right, Keita? Because if you are solely reliant upon affiliates giving you deals, giving you late leads, what happens if they experience a slowdown? What happens if they're out of business? Turns into a bottleneck, and then now your business becomes impacted. That means less money in your pocket, less deals getting closed, and it turns into what we call a clusterfuck. Yes, to put it lightly. So what we've been doing strategically over the last few months is how can we generate our own leads? How can we be the captain of our own ship? And this guest is someone that's helping us in our business today and we're seeing results and he's completely changing the trajectory of our business. But before I introduce him, I've always been skeptical about people like Christian and it's no shade to him, but dude, we've spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars with digital marketing agencies. And you guys have, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like you talk to that dude at a networking event or you see their ad and they're like, you know, click, click, you know, click the link below and we'll get you the best quality leads tomorrow. You know? And it's just like, Hey, that's just not how it works, dude. So, uh, learn from us guys. We've spent a lot of money hiring agencies. It's never worked out. We've done our own lead generation. It didn't work out. And then uh, we got introduced to to Christian, and uh, and he's been a complete game changer for us. You know, really helping us with our marketing efforts and generating our own leads. So the one and only Christian Shaw, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the opportunity, Danny. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited to to get onto the podcast to introduce myself and jam out with you guys. Yeah, you know, guys, when you know somebody, like you've been talking to them for a while, right? It's like. I talked to Christian at least once or twice a week, a lot of emails, some texts, some calls, never met him in person. <laughs> and you know, like you talk to that person every day, you know, a couple times a week, and then you see him and you're like, damn, you're short. <laughs> but that's not Christian. Christian's yeah. hella tall. I'm like, damn, you're tall. Mm-hmm. Did you feel catfished? Yeah. I was like, damn, okay. I'm, I'm, I shrunk. He's a lot taller than I thought. So uh, Christian, besides being uh, really good at what you do and, uh, you know, pretty tall in, in my eyes, um, you've got a pretty good thing going on where it, it seems like the niche you found is you have the ability to help people generate their own leads yeah. um, in a market that's really saturated. 
right? Like there's so many digital marketing agencies, you know, if you own a plumbing business, you probably got pitched on a company helping you with leads. Um, You're in a market that's really saturated, right? Like everyone and their mama says that they're a marketing agency and they can help you generate leads on Facebook. So what separates you from the rest? Yeah, it's true. I mean, what what you were saying about how everybody's a marketer nowadays, because it's, it's so, it's so easy. Facebook, Instagram, all these platforms that have billions of users, it's free for anybody to learn and pick up a computer. And any 12-year-old at home who's listening to this can easily go out there and start a social media marketing agency. Um, And uh, I started back in 2015, 2016, around that area, got into the drop shipping space, got into the rank and rent, SEO, GMB space, and just kind of like fucked around. I just loved marketing and psychology and working with people and helping people. And uh, I found a passion in this. And, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm grateful enough to say that I was able to turn this into an actual business. I was able to find people that I like working with and uh, grow it into something that I can have the freedoms that I want to out of, out of a business. So I'm still learning my way. I'm no, you know... Ty Lopez or Gary Vaynerchuk just yet, but I, I aspire to be like them one day. Nice. And so you started 2015, 2016 timeframe. Yeah. So you probably didn't start at, with a passion for digital marketing. You probably started like most young people when they start their first business, trying to make some fucking money, yeah. trying to get out of my parents' house, trying to get some nice things, you know, maybe party a little bit. Was that kind of the same motivation when you first started out with, you know, trying entrepreneurship? Yeah. um, So it was not my first business. My first business was a tutoring service. I linked up with my roommate who was an education major at the time. I was in business and I was like, let's, let's fucking make some money. So we hired high school students, um, employed them and uh, connected with like elementary school students in like lower income neighborhoods, Plainfield, uh, New Brunswick, Union, those types of places, New Jersey. And basically trained high school students to teach these these younger people, and it was a it was a blast. It ended up being a shit show and didn't work out for very long, but it was a really good learning experience to like say, like have an idea and try it and test it and see what works, what doesn't, and that really just got my juices flowing. I was like, damn, I, I love this like entrepreneurship life. We were actually talking, Keaton, a little bit uh, before about how business is so similar to like personal development. And I think my first true love was personal development. That's why business was such a, you know, fit like a glove. I was like, damn, this is, this is something I could see myself doing. Nice. So like, so you're freshman in college type of vibe. Like this is your dorm room business. Yeah. So prior to this, you had already started on your personal development journey, if I'm understanding you correctly, like during high school and stuff. Right out of high school. Yeah. Okay. So like, take us back. So what does Christian, you know, high school Christian look like? Is he... You know, this loser. confident guy that he is right now today. <laughs> no, absolute loser, man. I I um <clears throat> I had like really bad social anxiety, couldn't talk to people, couldn't talk to girls, couldn't look people in the eyes. And I was just scared all the time. And I was like really trapped. And I felt like, what is wrong with me? And I felt like I was stuck in this rut where I would like do the same thing over and over and I wasn't getting anywhere. So when I moved out, when I went to college, when I u- went to university and lived by myself, uh, I f- like, I was like, this has to change. This has to stop. I don't want to live like this anymore. And that just started the process of changing my situation and um, taking ownership for my life. So I'm really passionate about that. I can I can go in. 
Where do you think your anxiety came from? Mm, um, that's a really good question. I don't really know. I think, so I think I've learned to befriend my anxiety and my fears and learn that it's not something that's, it's not a negative. It's not a bad thing. It's just energy. It's just available energy. And I learned how to transmit this available energy that was fucking me up all the time. I just didn't know what to do. And I like spazzed out into focus and discipline and like just focusing that energy into something productive. So I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it, it was like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have like a terrific childhood or a tra- traumatic background or anything. I just have a lot of like, I don't know, Asian parents, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but talk about it. Yeah. So, I mean, is it like, obviously there's, you know, we all hear that there's high expectation in Asian household. Um, your parents, I believe you're saying half Asian, half Indian. Yeah. So I, I know, I've know both both kids in high school. They both had strict parents, yeah. so you had the double whammy. Yeah. So do you think that may be caused or? You oh know? yeah, for sure. I mean, most of the most of my Indian and Asian friends, they went the school route. You know, get A plus grades, be an engineer, be a lawyer, doctor, and that's what my parents wanted for me. However, I was horrible at school. Like I, I, um, I just didn't get good grades. Nor was I, was I athletic. So I had both those things. Like. I was like fucking up and I was like, damn, I suck at everything. This sucks. So I think that <laughs> I think that's where my anxiety stemmed from mostly. Dude, I saw a funny meme on Instagram about yeah. Asian parents and kids getting grades and like how Asian parents measure their their kids' grades. So like, you know, A, B, C, D, right? So uh F was find a new family. D <laughs> was don't come home. C, I can't remember what it was, but B was be better and A is average. <laughs> that's the baseline right? that's, much, that's true though that's much, right? Right? I'm laughing when you say like you know the anxiety Asian parents like I can not relate but I've been with my wife for 10 years and she's Filipino mm. so they're like hardcore yeah. you know like, it's just every culture is a little different yeah. you know what I mean like God forbid you wear your shoes in the house you know yeah. you gotta leave all oh, those yeah. shoes yeah. in the front <laughs> Dude, you, you wear your shoes in the carpet in the house you can get it's, a, it's over it's over you might get a slipper to the head hell yeah hell yeah talk to us about the uh, the TED talk that you did in college, and I think everyone listening, you know, is familiar with uh, the TED platform, right? Mm. If you just go, you know YouTube TED talks, you know, there's been some really high profile people that have done a lot of uh, really really powerful TED talks. So the fact that you gave one in college and it was about social anxiety, yeah. um, that's just pretty commendable. Talk to us about how you landed that gig, and you know what was the talk about? Yeah, it's still on YouTube if everybody wants to check it out. Um, I so I'm going to go kind of left field here. I got out of my social anxiety. Like, basically, I learned um, there's this whole pickup scene. And I don't know if you guys are familiar. It's not really like... The, the game. The game. Dude, I that was book? Given a book. That book? Yes, you it was no that book. Thing. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know about this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Neil Strauss, the game, for you guys who don't know, it's kind of like a Bible. It looks like a Bible. It does. I and had it in my office. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing book. But yeah. basically, my, my roommate, same guy, the education major, he handed me this book. It looked like a freaking Bible. And I was like, what is this? And it was about guys, nerdy guys who couldn't talk to women how to get laid, how to like pick up women and like go on dates and stuff. And I was like blown away. I was like, what? There's an instruction manual for this? Finally. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's how I started the road of like this personal development by learning that I could read a book 
and change my circumstance and change my situation by like doing the things that I'm reading in these books. And I, I found that apl- applicable to like marketing and business as well. Um, but yeah, I found this book and we started to do these cringy pickup lines to women in our college and university. And that's kind of how I got out of my shell and started to learn that like nobody really gives a fuck about me or like my social, like all this anxiety that's going on in my head. Everybody is experiencing the same thing in their own way. And like, I don't know. I, I, I learned a lot in that freshman year, not school, but mostly like just about life in general. See, that's this why there still is a reason why kids should go to college. It's <laughs> definitely not for the education. Professors can kiss my ass. But getting out of social anxiety, picking up chicks, and learning how to be a cool dude, can't learn that shit in school. Yeah, and, sure. and then where else are you going to get the book called The Game? It's funny that you bring that up. Mm. I got introduced to that book because of, like, the whole personal development scene mm. and that being, yes. like, a really powerful book when it comes to, like, persuasion and sales. So that's how I saw that book. And I was like, you know, I'm at this point, I'm married for six years. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in hooking up with women besides my wife, right? Yeah. But there's just so many powerful persuasion and communication t- tools uh, in that book. So... Winners, if you are in sales in some way, shape, or form, and sales is life, um, go get the book called The Game. Uh, if you're married, just make sure you tell your wife that you're not trying to pick up other chicks. For research purposes. Yeah, research yes. purposes only. And it's on Audible, too, so you can breeze through that in the car ride. Yeah, yeah. That's a banger. That's a, that's a funny. So yep. that's a great first personal development book. So from there, you're you you know you're in college. You start your own business. You start getting breaking out of your shell. Yeah. When does the actual passion for digital marketing come into play. Now you've got passion for entrepreneurship. You want to talk to people. You want to, mm. you know, have conversations. You realize that reading books actually matters when it's a subject that pertains to your situation and you can apply it in your, in your own life. So what happened next? Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, that whole, that whole mind shift of like, um, <clears throat> I'm in this shitty state. I can change my situation by learning knowledge. Like I didn't get that from school. So I had to take self-education to my own hands. And so that, the game, these pickup books, going out there and actually doing it, learning and getting feedback, that whole like cringy uh, romance, like pickup stuff transcended into, Danny, what you're talking about, sales, persuasion, networking events, going out there and like um, um, like learning and, and meeting people. And that transcended into like uh, an actual career in sales and marketing. So I, I just, I don't know. There's just so many uh, compare like parallels between pickup and sales and marketing. And I just love them both so much. They gave me a lot. Um, so yeah, what, what was the question? How did yeah. it get into business? Yeah, so like for, fast forward. Yeah. So now you've started, you know, realizing that you have a passion for the pickup, for, yeah. Yeah. you know, marketing and things like that. So one of, the, one of my key fundamentals that I learned from pickup was to seek discomfort put myself into uncomfortable situations and that is where I will grow. And I did that in dating so much. I was like bored of it. It wasn't uncomfortable to me anymore. So then I stepped my toes into business. Like, Ooh, like, like this is weird. This is different. So I put myself into uncomfortable situations in a business context. And like, I started thinking about my career and I think about like, what do I want to, what do I want to do? And business creating my own business at that point from like this weird social anxious kid it seemed like such a, it didn't even seem possible. It didn't even seem in my realm of possibilities. And I was like, huh, that's scary. And therefore I want to do it. Like I've just learned to use fear as a trigger to take action into, into doing what I, you know, I'm scared to do. And I find that 
growth happens there. Um, to take it, yeah, so not to get super philosophical about it, I just met people. I just networked, met people, learned about this marketing game. I've always been super interested in psychology, like why people do the things that they do. So I was like, this fit like a glove and you can get paid for it. And that's when Ty Lopez was coming out and like all these guys, Gary. And um, I just like fell in love with this world. Yeah. Um, at, what actually happened was this dude, Zion, he, yeah, really interesting name. He uh, graduated from the same college I graduated from. And he put out a tweet or like some kind of message to my uh, Rutgers Entrepreneurial Society group, my college group. And he said that he's looking for like apprentices, four dudes to live in the same apartment. And so me, Ubby, Steve, Josh, and Zion, we lived in a two-bedroom apartment. Um, and basically, I shared a couch with this dude I didn't know and started to like build this, this marketing company. Um, he had built one in the past, and he was super successful in it. I think like six or seven-figure agency owner. And he was like, let's, let's do this together. Let's build this business. So I was like super about it. Um, and that was my first foray into like the marketing business. Damn, so I'm sure that was uncomfortable. You just shacked up with a bunch of, you know, homies that you met on the internet, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I didn't know any of these guys. It was really weird. I remember me and Ubby, who are still friends today. I'm actually going to see him in San Francisco tomorrow. Um, we shared a 12-foot-long couch, and we're both over six feet. So it didn't really, it didn't really uh, math. Didn't, the math didn't, didn't work out there. Um, but we figured it out, and yeah, he's doing some really cool things, too. Nice. So what happened with that business? Did you guys actually you know, scale it up? Uh, it failed. It, a- it failed. Like many, many businesses that I've tried, drop shipping, um, the, the rank and rent. So we tried a rank and rent business where basically we created Google My Business profiles uh, like PrincetonRoofers.com or Newark Plumbing Pros. And we, we built a Google business listing uh, when it was super easy to do so for free. And then we basically got people who were interested in plumbing services or roofing services and then sell those leads back to the actual companies who perform the services. Super smart, super smart business model. But ultimately, we just weren't a good cultural fit together. Is that kind of, that kind of sounds like, like general contracting, right? It's like subcontracting fucking leads. Well, that kind of, doesn't that sound like, like the whole digital real estate space? Like yeah. Domain, yeah. buying domains and then selling the leads? Yeah. Is that a business that, still is like lucrative today is oh, yeah. it, it's viable yeah. people it's people I'm, I'm sure are still doing it i don't know of any people for, um but yeah it worked it worked for us all you have to do is like throw up a website do a little on-page seo and get people to start coming to the page um yeah i liked it i liked it a lot let's see drop shipping was cool drop shipping that was like when in 2016 like the big buzz about like oh just you know pull up a Shopify site and start selling these, you know, goods from China. Everybody was doing it. All the kids were doing it, it looked like. And I was like, I want to make money. So I tried my passions out there. And um, the whole, I guess, silver lining or the connecting feature was like the marketing aspect. I was learning these different methods of marketing. And that started to, I started to like see patterns and I started to like build skills in these various, so Facebook advertising. Facebook ads was how I, um, how we were able to scale these dropshipping stores from like zero to a thousand dollars a day in revenue. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool back in the day. Damn. So this is, so 2015, 2016 for the timeline for the winners. This is when you're starting your first business, kind of you're, you're in college, but you're also simultaneously dabbling in Facebook ads yeah. to run these businesses. 
So yeah. that's one thing I want to point out to the winners. Like, he's not just building these websites and just hoping somebody comes to the page and clicks by. You are actively marketing and tweaking and finding things that worked to try and sell. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then now we've transitioned to your point where, you know, it's like 2018, 2019, you start to open your own marketing agency because you realize that marketing is what you're really good at. You're not, you're not focusing on the sales part. You're focused on getting people in that want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always, I think the hardest challenge for me has always been finding the right people and the right team. Um, all these skills were great and they worked for like a second, like, oh, these drop shipping stores, you know, popped off here, this, um, rank and rent popped off there. But the team aspect, like my business partners at the time, I didn't, we, it was never, it was like a, it's like relationships. They come and they go and then there's like, you know, rough spots and challenges and the honeymoon phase wears off. So I was never able to find that like true business partnership that I was looking for. And I just decided, fuck it, I'm going to do something on my own. So that's when I decided to create Shaw Digital Ventures, which is my current um, company, I will see, in 2017. Nice. Gonna- so talk to us about how, like, how do you build a team and what do you look for in a team now that you've kind of had those growing pains before? Yeah. Um, so I would say, so I, I think about two things. I think about like business partnerships, which I still really haven't nailed. I'm my only, I'm the sole owner. And then employees, the team. So we have about 14 people who work uh, in the team right now. And what do we look for? Self-starters, people who can, who can you know, take an idea and run with it. Um, yeah, people who can take the initiative, really. Skills are one thing, but having the right attitude and be, like, having the go-getness to, like, make things happen. Because, like, yeah, I'm only one person. I can only do so much. And um, I've been giving more and more responsibility and kind of like stepping back more as the leader to give them the opportunity to shine. So that's what I'm looking for currently, self-starters. Copy that. And uh, they need to read the book, The Game, and <laughs> yes, sir. answer the 10-question uh, the questionnaire and get a B on, on the test, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So with... Uh, you know, let's kind of take a step back and, and nerd out. I want to offer as much value to the winners that, you know, are in the trenches, to have a product, to have a service. You know, business, it sounds so simple, right? But we all like to overcomplicate it and there's always just problems, but it's pretty simple. Like there's usually an issue bringing in leads, like you have a customer acquisition problem mm. or you have a fulfillment issue, right? Like maybe your customer service, your fulfillment sucks, right? It's usually one of those two. A lot of people, it's, I can't get enough customers. Yeah. Like my, the leads suck. Right? I'm not getting enough leads. That's where someone like you comes in to alleviate that pain point. But what are some of the things that in 2023 that people should be doing or what they should be avoiding, you know, when it comes to marketing and, and you know, getting more customers from a, a marketing perspective? You're talking about any, any business? Yeah, let's, let's generalize it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so my advice is pretty counterintuitive i'm kind of impartial but i would say don't depend on on any particular company or agency or contractor or freelancer that you hire to do everything i think i think it's a yeah don't be overly dependent on any one person or thing 
like you were saying, the affiliates are good. And then you're having the internal marketing department now kind of working up. Like, I think it's always important to, I mean, for myself, I was heavily reliant on Facebook for all of our clients. And then in 2019, we were shut down uh, because I was in Vietnam overseas and they thought <clears throat> they thought something was, they thought it was a security risk. So they shut down our Facebook ads and thousands of dollars a day that we were spending across multiple ad accounts were shut down overnight. So my business was dead, essentially. And I, it was because I was overly reliant on this one platform. So I would say it's really important to educate yourself as much as possible on these platforms. And man, it's a really good question. I had to think a little bit harder on, on this. Yeah, well, I mean, to kind of piggyback off that, because you, you're speaking uh, from experience that, you know, obviously works, and then I can kind of share our experience too. You know, in the past, we've been overly reliant on one, you know, uh, vertical, right? Let's, let's rely on affiliates, but we also spent a lot of money with digital agencies mm. uh, thinking that was going to solve all the problems and not really be involved. Um, so I think just as much as it's easy to point the finger and be like, yeah. dude, I gave you $10,000 to run my ads, digital marketing agency, you suck. However, how much were you actually involved in the process? Because yeah. there was plenty of times where we weren't involved. Like we just pretty much hundred percent hands off. Yeah. We just paid them and we're yeah. like, okay, give us the leads. Yeah. But like, we weren't giving them feedback. We weren't asking questions. And I think this is probably why it's working with you right now, because like you kind of, you give us the freedom to give us, you know, we give you some input and stuff and it's like, we're working together, mm. right? It's not like we're just relying just on Christian's agency to do everything. Yeah. Like we're looking at the, the images, the copy, the call to action, you know, the lookalike audiences, yeah. you know, what ads are performing, which aren't, which ones should we shut down? Hey, Christian, should we keep spending money here? And then you're like, well, tell me the results. What are you seeing? Yeah. Hey man, this is what I'm seeing. Like we have constant communication. I think that's the problem is a lot of companies will spend money with an agency and then just take a step back and really not be involved. Mm. That's a really good point. And I, I'll, I'll double down on that. I said, I would say if you don't know your metrics, you're kind of just throwing money in the trash. <clears throat> Even if it works and you're getting profit, you're profiting off the ads, you don't know what's working or why it's working. So tracking and measuring, I think Peter Drucker said this, what gets measured gets managed. So you want to know your KPIs, like the back of your hand, know your cost per lead, know your cost per acquisition, your cost per sale, and just be aware of those numbers. Because um, if, if you don't, you're, you're probably wasting money. Yeah, and, and this is hard. Like if it was so easy to just throw $1,000 at Facebook and turn that $1,000 into $2,000, dude, everyone would be doing yeah, it. Everybody. Everyone. Right. And, and I think that's, that was something that we fell victim to Kita is we just thought, well, dude, we have a proof of concept. We have a ton of clients. We have something that works. We know how to fulfill it. We know how to sell it. Yeah. We'll just generate our own leads. This shit's easy. And four years later, we still can't figure it out. Still working on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree for the winners out there. Like you don't want to rely on just one Avenue or one income stream yeah. or one place where you can get your your money or your your cup filled up um because that will will one dry eventually yeah. i i have a question so who are the winners like what what businesses are they into what predominantly are what industries what businesses are they trying to create or currently running yeah i would say consulting you know offering service products and services um 
it's a mix. You know, we've got plumbers, literally have plumbing agency people um, that listen to the show. Um, plenty of e-commerce people, um, probably some other digital marketers listening as well. Um, so yeah, it's a little eclectic mix, but you know, I'll, I'll selling some products and services out there on the marketplace. Yeah, understood. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's like it's great that we have this platform that we can share and trade stories because everybody's trying to figure this shit out. Even the best of the best marketing agency guys, they're still like, what's, you know, they need feedback. They need to learn from others. So this is a great platform to have for everybody. How can people figure out what channel they should be running their ads on, right? I kind of think of, um, you know, Back in the day, it was like I got home from school and I watched MTV music videos, right? And then I can go back and forth to Nickelodeon and VH1, right? It's the same shit. Now you can go to TikTok, you can go to LinkedIn, you can go to Facebook, you can go to YouTube. Where should businesses, what are some questions that they should ask themselves to help them figure out which platform they should run ads on? Because I don't think it's going to be smart. And you tell me if I'm wrong, Christian. If, if they've got an ad budget of $5,000, they probably shouldn't spend, you know, $500 on SEO, $500 on Facebook, $500 on IG, $500 on Pinterest, $500. You know what I mean? They probably yeah. should just pick one or two, yeah. right? It's best to go deep instead of wide, especially when you're first starting out. When you're starting out with your first $5,000 or $1,000 for people who are looking out there with um, small ad budgets. And um, it's a good question where to place your money, where to focus that that ad spend um is i equated to there was this uh professional or you know really big fitness influencer having a conversation with dr andrew huberman about the best workout split so he asked what's the best workout split huberman talking to this influencer guy what's the best workout split to do and his answer was the best workout is to do the one the one that you can do consistently the one that you love the most that you can consistently do, whether it's push-pull legs or full-body workouts every day or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever you can do most consistently is going to be the best one for you. And that's why it's such a specific answer to each person. Some people love Pinterest. Some people love Facebook more. And then also where your audience at and understanding your demographic. If you're a business demographic, LinkedIn is probably where to be. If you're you know, young, female, millennial, female, Pinterest, Instagram, more visual platforms. So you want to be, you want to know your audience, where they hang out, but also where do you like posting? Where do you like consuming content? That would probably be the easiest for you to produce because you're already, you already like using the platform. So basically before they hire a digital agency, business owners need to know their shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the marketing agency isn't going to solve magically wave a wand and solve all your problems for you even though they may promise that it's you you really have to have you really have to have a strategy or you have to have some uh understanding of where your audience is at and give that strategy and and instruct your marketing agency to attack this platform or this audience based on your knowledge of your customer base let's get into the psychology parks. I know yeah. that's something that you enjoy. What what makes people buy? What makes people click the ad? What makes them put in their name, their phone number, their email address? Because as business owners, when we're running ads, that's all we want, right? Yeah. We want a warm lead. We want someone that has urgency. We want someone that's ready to move forward. What, what makes people 
take take action in that in that way. Yeah, I mean, there's a tried and true statement. You only do business with people you know, like, and trust. It takes an average of, there's another marketing statistic. It takes an average person, the average seven times to see an ad before they say yes. Um, so they just have to see it again and again and again. And you have to be really consistent with your messaging. You can't be saying 10 different things at the same time. Consistent messaging, um, showcasing customer success. People want to have low risk in everything that they do. They want everything to be a surefire bet. And you need to position yourself in a way that you can solve the person's pain point, what they're dealing with, and know intrinsic, like on a deep level, what they're dealing with and and um, show that you can you can do that. You can solve that problem. So in a nutshell, just make it as easy as possible for the person reading the ad to know there's no pain, no problems, no fear, and it's nothing but pleasure, basically, right? Or the, the fixing of their problem. You want to get into their head. Like, what, what makes them keep stay up at night? What, what makes them lie awake at, at bed at night? What's their problems? And intimately know what they're dealing with. Because business owners, we don't understand this enough, but we're, at the end of the day, we're solving a visceral need for our customers. They come to us to help solve their, their very emotional and deep, deep need that's, that's haunting them. So if we can get into that psychology, our marketing is going to be that, that much better because we're going to speak right to, the, to their pain points. I also have um, other strategies that I would love to recommend or suggest. Yeah, go for it. So my biggest recommendation to everybody watching this, every business owner, is that so Harvard did a case study and they found, they discovered that's anywhere from six to 36 times more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to retain an existing one. And 99.9 times uh, when I sit down with a client, they always want to go after the new client, the next customer, the next platform, the next ad that's going to get them new customers where if they just flipped and thought about how they can increase their lifetime value for their customers or increase their retention for their existing customer base or the prospects that they've already talked to that express interest, you're going to significantly um, reduce the cost of getting new sales because the customers and prospects that already know about you can basically buy from you over and over again. So... How this looks practically, setting up email and text SMS campaigns for your already existing list, your client database, and your prospect database, people who haven't bought from you yet, setting up campaigns for them and telling them, hey, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We have a special promotion for you guys. Um, asking them for testimonials and reviews for the people who purchased. Um, asking the client base for referrals, friends and family. You know, you loved working with us. We would love to you know, have you share it with your, with your friends and family, even incentivize them to do so. And then tapping into your prospect database, people that expressed interest that landed on your website, that signed up for your email list or follows you on LinkedIn and creating specific tailored email and text messaging campaigns to educate and entertain and inform your customers of your products and services. So I would highly recommend starting there. And that's like the fundamentals that I really instill into the people that I work with. Here's what we need to get down first. And then we can start working on the campaigns because the campaigns will work, but we need to have the safety net, this foundation so that 
when we are spending money and we are paying Facebook and Google tens of thousands of dollars a month, potentially, we know that we have our remarketing campaigns, we have our follow-up campaigns, we have our nurture campaigns already set up to go for the ads to squeeze out the juice of the, the fruit. So, hmm. so as you can tell, this is winners. This is what he's really passionate about. <laughs> this gets him fired up. This fills his cup up. So like for the people that are, you know, realizing that their marketing campaign is fucked right now and realizing that they need to probably work with some people or work with a company like yourself, where would they go to find you and, and how can they work with you, Christian? Yeah, shawdigital.org is my company. You can find me on LinkedIn, Christian Shaw. Um, yeah, just reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if I can be of some value. And um, I love marketing. I love helping business owners. It's my passion. I love empowering people to do the things that they were called to do. And not everybody got into business. Nobody got into business to do their own marketing. They got into business because they love doing the thing, the service that they provide to their customers. So I want to empower them to be able to do that. And they don't have to worry about all this other shit that they don't give a fuck about. So the word right there winners <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah so christian where uh where's the best place people can find you in the sense of ig is it your only fans like where, <laughs> where where can people find you i need more only fans subscribers no i'm kidding i don't have an only fans uh yeah i would say instagram at christian shaw christian shaw capital um website is shawdigital.org or linkedin just christian shaw okay and it's uh shaw s-h-a for for the winners uh, and then uh, Christian with uh, with an H um, is how he spells his name. We'll put all that in the show notes uh, for all of you guys. Uh, winners, this is where you know we do our best to uh, help you guys out. And I was really excited for this show because super practical. You know, we're 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 uh, we're working with Christian. You know, as we speak, just being completely transparent with, with you guys. So, you know, we're going through some of the challenges with our own internal marketing efforts and, and Christian is, is helping us a ton. So always cool being able to share with you guys some of the things that we're currently doing in our business. And uh, we want to help you guys. And, and the way that you guys help us is share the love, share the show with a friend, a family member. Uh, give us a review if you have not already. Uh, the shout outs on, on social media mean a lot to us as well. Um, so we can keep coming in uh, your, your ears, uh, your eyes once a week. And uh, Christian, dude, thanks for coming by the, uh, the office. And, uh, thanks for having me, Danny. Uh, and we'll catch you, catch you guys later. Peace.